Welcome to Main Street Today, a podcast or what we describe as radio on demand. Music, lifestyle, business, sports, feel-good stories about you and where you live. I'm Devin O'Day, and I'll be your host for this shareable show. For more on each story, you can subscribe and visit us at MainStreetMediaTN.com. Follow us on Facebook and reach out to me if you have a story. Main Street Today starts now. We're going to talk about Elvis. We're about to introduce Andy Childs, and y'all know he's just like the prettiest man God ever made. Just, just He's just pretty. And a play of something, a project that's kind of a passion project for him. I didn't know when I met Andy a long time ago, I just knew him as a singer songwriter. I had no idea his connection to Elvis until I really started getting to know him and finding out the rest of the story. During his career, Elvis released three gospel albums and one EP. And the only Grammy awards Elvis received were for his gospel records. This legacy inspired the new gospel album, Where No One Stands Alone. I'm very excited about the record that's coming at a time in my life where I'm, I do pray an awful lot, you know, and I also, I knew he prayed constantly. So I've, I, you know, I've gotten to the point in my life where I think maybe there's something to all this. I think what everyone will hear would be songs they that they know. They've heard Elvis sing these songs before. Chances are they have not heard the particular take that they're going to hear. They're going to hear it set to a new musical arrangement with new background vocals featuring a lot of the singers that sang on them the first time. And they're going to hear a record done the way that I truly believe Elvis would have done it if he were making a record this year. I heard a lot of um, Bosom of Abraham. We always call that song Rock of My Soul. Bosom of Abraham has always been one of the most fun records that I think Elvis made and the give and take between Elvis and the background vocalists and, and all of their echoes and all has always been so much fun to me and I got all of those original guys uh, from the Stamps and from the Imperials to sing on it and duplicate what they had done before with a little different arrangement but I was able to get uh, Armin Morales and Jim Murray and Terry Blackwood from the Imperials and former members of the Stamps Quartet I had uh, Donnie Sumner and um, Larry Strickland Bill Bays Ed Hill it was so much fun because uh, Joel Weinshanker and I were in the studio uh, with all seven of these gospel legends and we're sitting on this side of the glass, and they're on the other side of the glass, and we had them all lined up. They made an impressive noise. Jesse Houston is an amazing lady, and just an absolute wonderful charm to be around. And when she opened her mouth, it was like an angel singing. Darling Love, uh, she has so much energy and she has so much fire in her voice that she was just terrific. Saved was part of a medley of songs in Elvis's 1968 
television special. It was the gospel medley. It was one of the most fun tracks to work on. He was Elvis Presley, the man, not Elvis Presley, the star. So I really do miss him. If I had a chance to do it again, I would do it in a heartbeat. When Joel approached me about working on the record along with John Jackson from uh, Sony, Joel had already been talking with Lisa Marie about this record and the approach to it. The song that we collectively chose that she wanted to sing with her father was the song Where No One Stands Alone. The words spoke to me and they're applicable to my life. And I know they were applicable to his life at some point. And that, the whole idea of that, you know, kind of really made me lose it. Like, oh my God, you know, and then I miss him. And then I'm like, it was very powerful. It was just like, it seemed like it should happen right now. Like it's supposed to be. Uh, happening. To be sitting on the control room side of the glass, looking out there at Lisa, realizing that she was standing out there roughly where her father stood. How cool is that? <laughs> Man, Andy Childs, how are you? I'm terrific. How are you, Devin? I hope you don't mind I call you pretty, but you just are. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, when I, people think about well, doing... Well, huh? I said at my age, just to be called at all is... <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> You know, you, when, when people talk about doing Elvis music, they assume that people who sing songs of Elvis and who memorialize Elvis, they've got to do the whole look, the jumpsuit and the way you've just done it as you. Yeah. When I, when I used to, uh, on those shows, I don't, I don't sing on those things so much anymore because I'm, I'm so busy with my group six wire that, uh, You know, but I'm still producing shows for Graceland, especially during this week, which is called, um, you know, it's Elvis International Week. And they have a lot of events going on down in Memphis at Graceland. And they have a new facility that they've built across the street from Elvis's house where they have a, a museums, restaurants, entertainment facilities and a big soundstage where we do some really, really impressive live shows. It's pretty cool. So when does all this, it's been going on all week, right? Away right now, they have, um, they do a contest every year for the Elvis impersonators. So they actually call those uh, Elvis tribute artists. Yes, uh, yes. But that, but that means kind of the same thing. I mean, it's just a little more respectful term for these guys that um, work really hard at what they do with their costumes and their look and all. And they're, uh, they study the films and uh, everything available to them to study. And then they, you know, put on a show and they have a contest every year and try to decide who's the best one. It's interesting. That's going on right now. And it ends uh, tonight is the last night for that. It's it's interesting because somebody asked um, the guy that is the CEO at Graceland one year. They said, did any of these guys ever do these guys really look like Elvis? And he says, well, he said, you know, they they don't necessarily look like Elvis, but they look like each other. <laughs> but I will say this, that some of some of those guys are quite impressive at what mm-hmm. they do. And uh, they all have their own followings. And I've met some of those guys. Most of them are just normal guys. They just love Elvis Presley music and they wanted to have play a role, you know, so to speak. So that's what they do. But the shows that I'm involved in at Graceland have nothing to do with that. They're actually... Um, the one I'm putting together for tomorrow night is um, the 50th anniversary of what they like to refer to as Elvis's marathon sessions, which he did in June of 1970. We were going to do this show last year, but COVID mm-hmm. had other plans. So uh, we're doing it this year instead. 
And uh, Elvis spent a week at RCA Studio B. He spent a lot of time at RCA Studio B here in Nashville. But in right. a particular week, the reason they call this marathon sessions is they recorded uh, something like 35 songs in five days. And we don't usually do that. We can, but we don't usually do that. But they, they recorded 35 songs in five days. And all of those songs ended up on various Elvis albums. Some of them were more of a country album that Elvis, a country approach that Elvis was taking. But so what we wanted to do was get together as much of the personnel that played on those records. We wanted to together in one room. So we've got a, a great house band that'll be backing everybody up, which includes uh, Carrie Marks and Mark Beckett from the Opry and Matt McKenzie and Dane Bryant. All those guys toured with Olivia Newton-John for a number of years. And I'll, they're friends of mine. I'd love to use them on this thing. So they're there being the house band. And then we're going to feature David Briggs, who is oh, a pound keyboard, yes. player and studio owner, record producer, songwriter, all of those things. Uh, he'll he'll be there uh, because he played on 200 of Elvis's records. Um, we'll have um, this year for the first time, we're going to have Charlie McCoy, who is an musician. He played harmonica on tons and tons of Elvis's records. I think he told me he had been on 13 Elvis albums, including movie soundtracks, everything. And he was there during that. He not only plays harmonica, but he plays keyboards, vibes, a little bit of everything. He's I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's a wonderful musician and just a terrific guy. And then we'll have of course James Burton, um, who arguably one of the greatest guitar players of all time. He played on tons of Elvis's records and also played live with Elvis from 1969 until um, the end of Elvis's life. So these guys will each uh, tell stories and then we will play songs that they recorded uh, during those um, sessions that week. And wow. we we'll duplicate the original arrangements from the records. And we've got a couple of guest singers that will come in. Our friend Terry Mike Jeffrey, who's a wonderful singer. And Terry will sing some. And another guy named, named Dean, who's going to come in and sing some. I'm even going to sing one song just because I didn't want to pass up the opportunity. So. Oh, you have to sing. <laughs> Oh my gosh, absolutely you have to. Um you, you tell me what it means to someone like you. Now you, were you born bred raised in Memphis? Is that your Yes, I was. How much does that mean to you to tie into that much of a legacy? I mean, that project where no one stands alone. I mean, getting to be in that room and do what you did on that project. Yeah, I was um I was thrilled to get the call about working on that project. And I'm glad that they asked me to do it. There are a lot of different producers that uh, I've produced a few records, but that hasn't been my number one focus, but it's just that there were a lot of producers that could have gotten to do that record. But I was thrilled they called me because I wanted there to be someone in there that would be there to protect Elvis Presley and his integrity as, uh, as a gospel artist, because he, um, he did a lot of gospel music and he loved it. And it was his favorite music to sing. And I wanted to feel those guys that had been um, uh, on those records originally, as many of them as I can put together. And so I did. And it was, um, it was fascinating to be able to do that. But the process of doing it was, um, was a painstaking process where we took Elvis's original vocals from 
the gospel records that he had recorded in the 60s and early 70s. And we took those original vocals from the original multi-track and they had all been transferred to digital. And so I get these isolated vocals of Elvis Presley and with uh, the magic of technology and a couple of really, really great recording engineers, we cleaned up those vocals and got them isolated really, really well. And, and I wrote along with some of my other guys, I wrote new arrangements for these songs to kind of update them but I wanted to keep them in, I wanted it to sound like, like you saw in the video, I wanted it to sound like a record Elvis would record today if he was still recording. I didn't want to get, um, I didn't want it to sound like disco remixes or anything. I wanted it to sound like a record Elvis would make. And yes. got a bunch of the greatest session musicians in Nashville to do it. And I got Darlene Love and I got Sissy Houston and we uh, we created a duet with Lisa that I recorded in L.A. on Sunset Boulevard out there. And so we um, but the trick to doing it was that Elvis was so great and his performances were so great. And we were using alternate takes that nobody's heard. You know, Elvis would go and yeah. record. He would do eight, nine, ten takes on a song. His take one might have been perfect or take two might have been perfect. And so I might have used that because the reason they did multiple takes back then, the band might have missed something here and there, and they just did everything live. And Elvis didn't, um, he didn't like to overdub. He rarely, rarely did that. So most of the time he's in the studio with the band and they would do multiple takes. I went back through all the takes and I would, I would sometimes use take one or take two and then you know put it on a grid where i could do a click track and write a new arrangement to it so that the band could play along with elvis so we're kind of doing it in reverse order but it worked out oh, great. it's been a very successful record and uh, it was a number one gospel record for elvis here he's been gone for almost 45 years and had a number one gospel record last year how about that <laughs> it's unreal and you know what is also magic about that is that you brought in players and it, you captured it at a moment and some of those people are no longer with us, but you were able to bring them together and capture that magic. Yeah. And um, so I, I would say that whether something is new, a new record or not, it might be new to you. And if you don't know about that project, you need to get it and know what went into it. Before we get out of here, Andy, so uh, the details, if people want to see you tomorrow night, can they still go to Elvis Week? They can make the trip to Memphis? Yes. Um, yeah, I'm sure tickets are still available. We didn't, you know, not everything is sold out because the protocols are a little different this year, but we are having the events. We will have a lot of people there. Um, and uh, it's at the Graceland Soundstage. And I have two shows that I'm producing. Tomorrow night is the 50th anniversary of the marathon sessions. And then on Monday night, which is August 16th. And that is the day in history that Elvis passed away, 77. Uh, so on August 16th, we're doing another show where we have Elvis Presley on screen with his vocal <laughs> band on stage playing along with him. That includes James Burton and Glenn Harden, his piano player, uh, the Imperials, um, Larry Strickland, who sang bass with Elvis. And, you know, he's married to Naomi and, and, uh, but he sang with Elvis for a long time on the road. So you've got a live show with a live band featuring some of the people that were with Elvis when he actually toured and appeared. But Elvis is on screen using footage from those concerts in 1970 and 1973. His vocal has been isolated from the multi-track, so it's like he's singing with a live orchestra. It's a fascinating thing to watch. 
Oh my gosh, that's going to be incredible. So can people, is there a chance that they can get a, a, a ticket to view online? Are they yeah. making that available? Go to, go to graceland.com for ticket information and uh, the schedule and everything. Graceland.com. That's the way to do that. And anybody in the world that goes to Memphis needs to do the Graceland tour because they do it in a beautiful way. And they honor Elvis. They yeah. honor Elvis. And I will tell you, I I had gone... I, I'm, I was an Elvis fan, uh, and but I wasn't one of those kind of people who, you know, screamed and cried at at the gate every time I went in. I was a person who just loved his music, and I, and I saw the tragedy of, and the and the genius of this man, how he gave so much to the world and had so much taken away from his private life that he was no longer able. You have all this fame, but he wasn't able to just go live life like that little boy from Tupelo anymore. He belonged to these people and he gave himself to the people. Uh, that's all very true. And, and everybody that I've met that I've been, I'm very close friends with people that were really close friends with Elvis. And I obviously wasn't a buddy as I was too young. I met him once. I was uh, seven years old, but I don't think he would remember, remember it. Like, uh, but I, uh, everyone that is close to Elvis that I uh, know, they all have the same story. They all say that he was terrific. He was generous. He was fun to be around. Um, he was complicated, very super intelligent, read books all the time. He's not, not that, uh, necessarily that, that shy, you know, small town country boy, as much as he was a very intelligent man. Uh, mm -hmm. He knew a lot about music and wow. read books all the time and all he's like, maybe not quite exactly what people's uh, image of him was. He was a real guy. Very real, very real. I, I tell you, there are two times on that tour that I cried. Once when I saw his VFW award, the one that he took with him yeah. because he had such an allegiance to his country and to the troops and uh, stood by it and said, I am not, he could, he could have chosen not to serve his country, but he didn't. Yeah. And, uh, and he was white hot when he did. Uh, you know, he had every reason to get, get out of that. Um, and the second time was literally the piano. When you go through the tour and you see the piano where he spent his last day mm. singing yep. songs yeah. of his faith. And yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll cry again if I start talking about it because it was so powerful to think his faith and Tom Jones talked about it in his autobiography about how, when you go to visit Elvis, in Vegas, Elvis would come see his shows, but invite him to his room and they would sing gospel music, which is why later in his life, Tom Jones did a gospel album because of Elvis. Hey, tell me about Six Wire before we get out of here. You are the busiest man in the world. Six Wire is always playing from the Nashville TV show on to so many corporate events and what's happening with Six Wire today? Well, we just did the opening night concert for the Music Grand Prix. Uh, you, since you know Six Wire, but the folks at home don't, we, we're a band that started out as a recording band. We were on Warner Brothers Records. We had a couple hits on the radio, but we continued our career um, being chameleons. We first started working as the house band on Nashville Star, which was a competition show. Spent a few months in LA working for American Idol, and then we did two shows at DMT, the mm -hmm. Nashville dramatic series that we were involved in all the time. We work as sort of a house band or a host band, I like to call it, where we back up other artists. For instance, <clears throat> on the Music City Grand Prix opening night, we had Brooks and Dunn headlining and they just came out and sang with us. And we had Vince Neal from Motley Crue on the same <laughs> show 
minutes before. And James Johnson was on that show as well and several others. Coming up this week, you guys were talking about Charlie Daniels a few minutes ago. We'll be the house band for the Charlie Daniels Volunteer Jam. That's this next day night. And, you know, I mean, this is the first time that uh, we've had a volunteer jam without Charlie in it. So it'll be quite a Charlie. So we'll be the house band behind um, the Gatlins, Johnny Lee, Lori Morgan, Chris Young. Um, we'll be playing behind everybody. And then the week after that, um, there is a concert the night before the ACM Honors show. It's going to mm -hmm. be in Amphitheater. And we'll be the house band that night as well. And we'll be backing up uh, Keith Urban, Trisha Yearwood, um, Carly Pierce, Lee Bryce, uh, Mickey Guyton, Tennille Towns, uh, everybody that's on the show, uh, Sam Hunt. Uh, so we'll be doing that. And then um, we have a special birthday celebration on September 7 for the great Steve Cropper, another one. Of the oh my gosh. Yes. Turning 80 years old this year. So we're doing a special birthday celebration and we've got some incredible guests on that show. James Burton is going to come help us out. Felix Cavalieri from the Rascals. I mean, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be nuts. And that'll be at the Ryman Auditorium on September 7th. So we have a lot on our dance card right now. Uh, and we're, uh, uh, but we're glad, you know, last year we didn't get to tour as much. And so this year, uh, we're back and we're busier than we've ever been. Truly one of the best bands that you can ever find anywhere is Six Wire. Um, and you can play in any genre. You can play in any time period, any decade. Just pick one and Six Wire can do it. In fact, I have a little clip. It's actually an audience clip of you guys playing. I, I want to say it was at Third and Lindsley. But it's you guys doing a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to close our show with that. How can they find out more about you, Andy? Uh, they can go to sixwire.com. That's the easiest thing. S-I-X-W-I-R-E. It's one word. It's a made-up word. Uh, <laughs> Wire.com. Or they can go to andychilds.com. And A-N-Y-C-H-I-L-D-S.com. And then you can find us on InstaFace and Facebook. <laughs> all those stuff. Well, I, I just do yourself a favor and do a deep dive and follow. I, I had all sorts of clips pulled of you and I'm going to close with six wire because it's just so much fun there. I had Elvis clips pulled and there's this great duet that you can find on YouTube with you and Kim Carnes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fall in love with the dreamer. That is just fabulous. So I encourage everybody to go and enjoy your music. Thank you so much for this time today. I appreciate you appreciate it. Then call me anytime. Absolutely. You take care. Bye. One of the things we've probably taken for granted 
is good old-fashioned communication. There's no one way to reach people. So we here at Main Street are communicating through every means possible to make the messages of our hometown accessible. So whether it's a Facebook video, online news, our traditional newspapers available in newsstands or for an unbelievably affordable subscription price or here in our podcast, something we like to call Radio On Demand. You can follow us, you can subscribe, you can even clip an article and send it to someone in the mail. We are your hometown. We are your main street. And don't forget to share. <laughs>